The Game of Thrones Season 5 trailer is out, but we are just getting started talking about it here on Post Show Recaps. It's the Game of Thrones Book Club. We're back. Woohoo! Hi, I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm here with Terry Schwartz. Hi, Terry. Hi, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing great. There's so much throne stuff to talk about, and it happened like actually all in one day. It happened pretty fast. So what happened? What happened all in one day? What what's going on here, Terry? What do we have to talk about today? I think Technically, the biggest news, actually literally, is that Game of Thrones is currently in IMAX showing the last two episodes of season four as this cool sort of tie-in event uh, that we both went did you and say, saw. Did you say tie-in or tie-in? Tie-in, but a good tie-in event, too, because nothing like seeing him get killed on the big screen. Big, big screen. Uh, but yeah, we both have seen it. It's super awesome. But the real selling point of it is that that is where HBO premiered the season five trailer, which I think everyone deep down knew that that trailer was going to leak immediately. Which I know. We'll did. talk about that. Uh, so the, the trailer is officially out on the Game of Thrones Facebook as well, earlier than they expected but uh, or anticipated, but it's out there. There are actually, I think, 21 new images from the new season, some of which are pretty cool and nerdy. And I lucked out because the IMAX screening that I went to, uh, David Benioff and Dan Weiss were sitting at the end of my row, and Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa, was sitting next to her, and I got to talk to her for about a minute and a half. So you've got uh, some insight into what Sophie Turner is up to that we could talk about. Some very today. limited insight that we can talk about because we all know that they're great at not talking about anything. Well, there's at least one piece of your interview that I'd like to talk about. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there. There's one thing, at the very least, one thing that I thought was really interesting. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also, as we promised back in, I guess it was November now, when we were talking about the World of Ice and Fire, I think was the last Game of Thrones book club. We said we'd be back in December to talk about the Game of Thrones video game from Telltale. We were not. We did not pull that off sorry it's february uh but we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about that as well uh and then uh actually I, and i think that this is probably the first thing that i want to talk about is uh some quote unquote news about the winds of winter that i think you and i actually terry are coming on uh we have the same opinion on so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that uh just to set this up if this is your first time listening to the game of thrones book club this is the podcast for uh people who have read the books that game of thrones is based on a song of ice and fire if you have not read all five of those books that are currently released through Dance with Dragons, uh, you should turn away now. That's your only spoiler warning. I will also say time crunch warning. Uh, this might be a shorter one than usual just because Terry's so busy. Terry's got places to be. So we're going we're gonna to try and keep this as, uh, as entertaining and insightful, but somewhat briefer than usual today. The saddest. After all that wait, and now I'm jumping away early. But it's not all, like five minutes, like five minutes early. It's all your fault, though, Terry. It usually it's is. I'm horrible. It, it really is. is. Uh, so let's let's jump right into it because we don't have a lot of uh, or as much time as we usually do. So let's talk about the fact that uh, this was just this came out, I think, last week. This news about um, George Martin's publisher, Jane Johnson, had an interview uh, with The with Guardian. The Guardian. Yeah. Uh, and the conversation turned to when is The Winds of Winter going to come out? Um, and of course, there's not going to be a release date until they announce it. You're, you know, they're being very reserved about that whole thing. But I guess the, the buzz quote is something to the effect of no plans for it to be released in 2015. And people are freaking out, Terry. They're losing their minds. They are losing their minds. But what I will say is there's no actual quote in the piece where the woman says that like and I think we both both face this as journalists where the journalist probably said hey do you have plans for this to come out in 2015 and she said no is essentially what I'm guessing and then she said you know we want to make sure that there's time for this book to be finished essentially but but we don't have an actual quote to like analyze every single word there and and I think you know you're gonna get to this in a minute but to me that doesn't say officially Game of Thrones or Winds of Winter is not coming out in 2015 yeah I don't think that there's I think that it's it's you know this is this is what's in the piece it says uh, Johnson confirmed that the Winds of Winter the next novel in the series that has been filmed by HBO as a Game of Thrones is not in this year's schedule I have no information on likely delivery, she said. These are increasingly complex books and require immense amounts of concentration to write. Fans really ought to appreciate that the length of these monsters is equivalent to two or three novels by other writers. Um, so I don't think that that is to be taken as there's no way this is coming out in 2015. 
Which a lot of people that seem, immediately jump to. Yeah, that seems to be a lot of the takeaway has been that it has been announced that The Winds of Winter is not coming out in 2015. You and I are recording this, Terry, on February 2nd, 2015. There's a lot of 2015 left, a lot of opportunity for this book to pop up. If it's going to come out later in 2015, they're not going to say it now. Um, I think that it's still very much a possibility. I've been optimistic in the past on this podcast where I think that it probably will come out in 2015. That's my hope at least. And I feel like, uh, it would, it would be bad if it does not. Um, so I'd like to think that they are going to be able to hit that deadline. Um, but there's nothing here that says it is not coming out in 2015, which has been people's takeaway. You wrote something for zap to it about this. I did. I did. My headline was like, calm down. Winds of winter could still come out this year or something to uh, that extent. And that has caused me to have a couple of interesting conversations with, uh, with fans because we have related, we've compared this timeline to the timeline for dance with dragons. And I think what I said in my piece and I stand by it is that if you asked, you know, the publisher on January 1st, of 2011 is dance with dragons on the schedule for this year, which was before George had officially finished it before there was a release date. I don't think that she would have said yes, because it's really, they've, they've, you know, really hurt themselves in the past by putting a time frame on it and then not sticking to that time frame. that I would believe that they're incredibly hesitant to do that again. And to me, that's like, her words are very careful there where she's, you know, we're putting a lot of time in this. We don't want to rush it. It's right. my takeaway. Um, and I was talking to someone who, who mentioned that for dance with dragons, well, first the time frame. George announced that he was done with dance with dragons in April, 2011. That was when they put a release date on it. And then it came out in July, 2011. So that's like a pretty short time frame between him saying that it's done, which obviously it's not like officially done and polished, but polishing it and getting it out four months later. Yeah. That's, uh, but the, that's what, the thing. I think that when it's announced, uh, when they do announce a release date, it's going to be, like you know not long after that it's actually going to be here and that's what his publisher or his editor and Grohl has said as well she was like listen i honestly think that i can turn this thing around in a week or two um for her editing portion of it because she's like she knows how important it is and she's been doing it long enough but someone mentioned that um and in I think it was it was like 10 months before the book was actually finished, had made a comment where she said, you know, I can feel how close it is to being finished. I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. But then it took 10 months to actually finish it. And I think if people see a comment like that, especially now in in the Internet age that we're in, they would expect it out the next week, you know, and then they really would get on George to finish it and ask him when it's going to be done. I understand the desire to take a step back and just be like, we aren't going to give people clues of how close he is to being done. When it's done, it's done. It'll come as a surprise. And and he will be the first to tell us what she said time and again. So that's that's how I view it. It might be optimistic. It might be naive. It might be totally off base. It might not come out until we're both, you know, in wheelchairs with gray hair. But that means that George R. Martin is is like 160 years old at that point. I mean, he is basically Blood Raven, right? He kind of is. Yeah, he's just like in a tree somewhere. A thousand eyes and one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and I, I think I, I would not be surprised if it doesn't come out this year. If it doesn't come out this year, that's probably the expected outcome on a lot of levels. It's just that this news that has been kind of, I feel, blown out of proportion is not really news. It's just we're not going to say when it's coming out is what she says, essentially. Right. Uh, and that's probably the right way for them to go just because of the disappointments that have happened in the past with like the big wait between Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons. It's just maybe maybe chill out and just let the book come out when it comes out. So I think that's, you know, that's what that is. So we can move on from that. I do think what we can talk about in relation to that is just based on this trailer the season five game of thrones trailer that's come out is it seems pretty clear to me terry and it has for a while but i think that this trailer has really made it clear that we're going to be through with all of the published material by the end of season five i really think so i think that's going to be where we're at which is why i really hope winds of winter comes out this year i know that the the big takeaway and thing that caused a lot of people to get upset is that the trailer seems to hint or confirm that there's no Aegon this season, uh, particularly that's that conversation between Varys and, 
and Tyrion where Varys says, you know, who said anything about him being what Westeros needs and cut to Danny. Did that surprise you? Did you expect Aegon would have a role in this season particularly? I don't think that it's completely off the table yet. Uh, I think it's, it's still a possibility. It seems like they're fast forwarding through that. And my instinct is that I think that the show is, I don't think that the show can wait for George anymore. And I don't think that the people who are making the show, and I don't think George specifically, I would feel pretty confident saying that George would rather not have the show spoil what he's got coming up in the books. So I, and I've said this for a while that I kind of feel like the show might be reaching a point where it's going to go off in a different direction, where it was a really faithful four seasons of Game of Thrones for the most part. And I think that we might be seeing a great deal of invention on David Benioff and Dan Weiss's part moving forward. And that might mean excising characters like Quentin Martell, like Aegon Targaryen, just getting Tyrion straight up to Daenerys, you know, as soon as this season. Um, I'm not mad at that. I know a lot of people are going to be. I'm not mad at that. I'm not, I'm not mad at that either. Like there, there's definitely a part of me that gets disappointed that we won't see certain characters, but I don't know if you're in the same case. I have a lot of really nerdy Game of Thrones fans and we talked a lot about this trailer this past weekend and a lot about, you know, what this means for the book versus the show and revisiting these two episodes with so much time in between the end of last season and sort of just watching it as a fan of the tv show a lot of the changes that we had issues with last year weren't there for me anymore and if game of thrones is going to work as a tv show and not a literal adaptation of everything in the books it really needs its characters to stand on its own so we sort of talked about like shay versus taisha and if they had had if they mentioned that taisha stuff in the season four finale it would have undercut the the emotion behind Tyrion having to kill Shay, And like, I think we're seeing that as we switch into season five, two, there's a shot in the trailer that I'm like 90% sure is Grey Worm and Miss Ende making out, yes. which I think people will complain about, but it, like, these are characters that have been in the show for a while now. And you can't just have these one, no characters there purely to service plot function. That's what we like about Game of Thrones. There's depth to these characters. And since we can't have like a thousand, five hundred zillion characters like George does I understand them really wanting to focus on what they do have and not add in a bunch of other characters now whether going back to Aegon I don't necessarily think that we won't see him at some point but I can understand really wanting to focus down on all the stuff that they have added this season and then if we get to that later because Aegon serves a different purpose fine um to to speak to this point and you mentioned the gray worm and misande kissing scene in the game of thrones season five trailer uh, i'm on the youtube page for the game of thrones trailer uh the game of thrones official youtube page <laughs> there's a kind of crazy comment uh there's someone who says no young griff no victarian no wyman manderley no quentin and no ariana seriously hbo what the f are you thinking you skip them all yet you have a Grey Worm and Missandei romance. Uh, and then someone replied to that saying, you are just another try-hard book fan foolishly ascending atop their soapbox. <laughs> Which I feel like is the constant battle uh, happening in this fandom of Game of Thrones. I do too. And my hope, is, like even though we won't have those characters, or again, it seems like we won't have those characters. I, I hesitate to confirm or speak in absolutes until we actually see this season and then we can speak in absolutes um yeah it seems like we want to have those characters but what if they turn miss sande into a character who's like as amazing as Ariane or one of the sand snakes or something like that you know what if they still have the core of that character in the show but in a different way i think that it's really hard when we all love this source material as much as we do to see them make these changes that seem like like heresy uh but i think that they've done right by the story in the past and going forward we know like we know that david and dan know where this story ends but even george doesn't know every small detail that will end up being in the books you know so i think that they can't 
try and stick to what he maybe has told them because that could change. They just need to hit the the framework of what this series is going to be going forward and make sure that they're guiding us to that end, even if they do it in a different way. All right. So let's, let's stop focusing on all the negative. Let's talk about some of the positive. What, what, what did you think of the trailer overall? What were, what were your, what were the highlights? What's, what's the highlight reel for Terry Schwartz in this trailer? I thought that the last scene where they pulled down the harpy on top of Marine looked so freaking cool. Yeah, it was like, terrifying especially seeing it in IMAX, which we saw, I, I think that was the first time you saw it as well. Right. Cause you yes. went to midnight. Yes. It just looked incredible. And watching it again on the, um, on my computer, it still looked as awesome. And also, even though most people immediately went like, Oh no, no Aegon. When Varys said that stuff to Tyrion about basically telling him about Danny and that there's this other person he wants on the throne. I'm so excited we're getting to that point because it, it, for a lot of people, like Danny's story has been on the sideline for so long. And to know that they're bringing Tyrion and Danny together, which we've seen from leaked photos, I'm so happy that's finally happening. It's about time. It's about time. I don't know if you. I don't know if you feel the same way, oh, no, I, but I'm, those are my two biggest I'm, things. I'm really excited to get some uh, Tyrion and Danny scenes. And we, we talked about this in a past podcast about uh, some set photos that leaked that showed Peter Dinklage and Emilio Clark on set together. So that's happening. And that's awesome. I'm OK with that. I think that that's going to be really fun. It's about time. And hopefully we'll finally get a sense of how. They're going to get Danny to Westeros because if, if the plan still is to have the show be seven seasons, there are only two more seasons to go after this. And I, I, I think that they're going to end with Drogon swooping down in the slave pit. We already, if you look at the trailer and the behind the scenes footage close enough, you can see some sequences that are clearly taken from that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, People have been waiting for Danny to get to Westeros this whole time. And yeah, maybe they'll speed it up. I know. Oh, also, did you notice um, the Cersei flashbacks in the trailer? So they're like, I thought two I saw, quick scenes. I, yeah, I thought I saw something with is that is that the scene where somebody's cutting their thumb? Yeah, well, the, the scene where someone's cutting their thumb, I think, is them getting the prophecy. But then there's also a scene where there's, there's two young girls walking into the woods. Right. Until like I'm pretty sure that's her and her friend. It looked like uh, like some true blood fog action. <laughs> yeah, they got to recycle cl- that. Classic Bon Tom. Yeah. yeah, just just a touch. Just a little. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I also wasn't sure if that was. Um, you know, it's hard to like Marjorie's hair can be kind of Cersei-esque. I thought maybe that could be Marjorie in that scene. So I wasn't totally sure. I mean, we know that the Cersei flashback is going to happen. That's my best bet. Again, can't speak in absolutes. We don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I think it would make the most sense in the context to do that. Um, one one other thing, just to go back to the to the whole Aegon thing, you know, just thinking about it a little more, um, isn't Tyrion sent off to hang out with the Griffs, to hang out with John Connington and Aegon without knowing who they are, uh, thinking that they are all going to go to Daenerys to begin with. Isn't the plan for Aegon to get married to Daenerys and then the two of them to come to Westeros? And if that's the case, why are we freaking out that Aegon's not in the trailer? It might still happen. It's a good point. Right? Yeah. It's good. And I think out, I've everybody. seen people say, I know everyone's freaking out. I think I've seen people say that too. Like, you know, that's sort of where that story is supposed to be going anyway. We don't know for sure uh, what is going to happen one way or another. And I think it would be, a, you know, again, they're looking at this as a way to cater to fans of Game of Thrones, the TV show. Yeah. And fa- Game of Thrones TV show fans want to see their favorite characters. They don't care about the new ones. Tell that uh, to uh, the Red Viper fans. Yeah. They love that guy. They he do. was a new character. He, he was a new character, but they didn't necessarily know that from the first trailer. And we, we have the Sand Snakes here. So oh, I think there are already a lot of talk about the Sand Snakes because they're in it for like five, not even five seconds. They're in it for like a half second. They're all hanging out with Hilaria Sand and one of them just like snaps their whip and knocks <laughs> his bucket over. And there's like a guy buried underneath up to his neck. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, I can't wait. And everything, everyone I've talked to who's involved with Game of Thrones is like the Sand Snakes are going to be so awesome. You I guys have a really good feeling coming. about that. 
Yeah, they're, yeah, it's going to be great. And the Dorn stuff looked amazing. I've seen a lot of the behind the scenes photos and shots of this, the like actual palace where they shot those scenes, but they look just incredible in the photos and the trailer that's come out. Yeah. Uh, and confirmation that Jamie Lannister is going to Dorn. You see that in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which I think Dorn we already knew before. Yeah. Well, we, we had speculated and I think that there were set photos, but uh, trailers confirming. Yes. Uh, what else was really cool? Who's John fighting in this? John, we see John Snow like leading the charge against a bunch of people. Do you have any sense of what that is? Yeah, the theory is hard home, uh-huh. which I don't really. I just need to go back and dig right through there because I don't remember that being all that important to me in the books. That's basically that's where John sends the men of the Night's Watch to to help wildlings that are holed up there, and then. What the the boats that they're sent on get destroyed and a lot of people die and then they want to go over land. And I think, again, spoiler, but I think that that's like one of the final straws that leads the men of the Night's Watch to, to mutiny against him, right? Yeah, I think so. I think there's there's something where like um, uh, Hard Home is, is like there's like shipwrecks and the wildlings mm-hmm. are there and it's not going well and there's whites nearby. So I remember in A Dance with Dragons that Hard Home is uh, in dire straits. Uh, yeah, I so, think that. But that's all happening off page. Right. I think the working theory is that they're just having it happen on page. Well, they got to have, you know, battles in the something. north. Got to have But I mean, action. the biggest John thing that we haven't seen hinted at at all is he has to be made Lord Commander. Right. That's not in the trailer at all. No, um, and there think, is, is there any Stannis in the trailer at all? There's there's uh, Melisandre, but I don't think that there's Stannis. Uh, I don't remember. I know that there's a photo showing John meeting with Stannis and uh, Davos. Though. Right. There's actually if you guys have only seen the trailer and you haven't sought out the the photos, you really should because there's actually a lot of extra stuff. Like you get your first look at Ariel Hota. Uh, yeah. You see uh lots lots of other cool stuff you you see the scene of of john and stannis hanging out together so see the high sparrow mm-hmm, absolutely photo of that. so there yeah there's a lot of good stuff there's some more good aria stuff oh uh cat of the canals yeah that happened that was awesome that, that was awesome that's the thing that happened you see aria going up to the house of uh black and white knocking on the door yeah that was pretty sweet oh. I can't wait. And then seeing her finally in a new outfit, but picking up needle importantly. Um, I'm really excited for like the scenes where she hides needle and stuff. I feel like that's got to happen. I think it does too. And I'm just excited for her to start saying she is nothing. I wonder, I mean, so much of that storyline is interesting because it's from Arya's perspective. I'm really interested to see how they translate that to to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, like you, you like the fact that those chapters are kind of almost like mystery chapters. Like yeah, and you're in her head so much, and what and, she's and, thinking is so confusing. Right, it's so confusing, and you know, when she woke in the morning, she was blind, and and she is nothing, and and having the like the mercy chapter that you're wondering who it is, and you realize halfway through that it's Arya, and. Yeah, those those reveals are so great. So I'm interested to see what they do with her this season. What do you think about we talked about it for a second. What do you think about the Masande Grey Worm makeout sesh? Yay or nay? It's going to piss I mean, so many people off. People are going to be so mad. Yeah, I roll my eyes at it. But what else do they have as a love story? Is there not any other compelling love stories right now? I feel like oh. people would rather see incest. Ygritte, yeah, but but Jamie's going to Dorne, and yes. Ygritte is dead, and um, we don't have anything going on with the Red Viper. We don't have Shay. Uh, we don't even have Jamie and Brienne together for shipping it. What about Danny and Dario going to Bone Town? Yeah, but didn't Dario went off to go uh, do stuff where he went to Yunkai, right? Oh yeah, that's right. See, so everyone's separated. So I can understand them being like, "Well, we need to have." At least one valid excuse for titties. So the most, so the most sexy story of uh, season five is going to be involving uh, a woman and a man with no genitals. I guess so. <laughs> guess we don't have to worry. And you know, maybe Ramsey and Theon. No, oh, that would also oh. be a man with no genitals. I like that there was one flash of reek in the trailer. And he looks miserable. But did you notice how much of an emphasis they're putting on the Boltons? Like, uh, Roos, Ramsey, and Walda have their own photo of the 
21 photos that were taken out. There's that whole scene where they're talking about a person with, they're talking about Danny, but they're saying a person with a good name um, needs to, you know, come forward and yeah, take Westeros. The they're quote, showing the a quote shot. Is, of, is the seven kingdoms need a ruler loved by millions and a powerful army with the right family name. But when they're saying that the right family name, we're seeing a shot over a map of just Bolton um, flayed men all over a map. And I'm wondering if there's something we should be taking away from that. I'm guessing that we're probably going to get Ramsey's wedding this season, which sort of ties into what people have been speculating about uh, from my interview with Sophie. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, maybe, maybe we can segue to that just cause there's, so there is some stuff with Sansa in the trailer. We've got Littlefinger saying there's no justice in this world. Not unless we make it avenge them. And you know, he's, you know, being his typical little fingery self and Sansa is crying um, so obviously Sansa is one of those characters who is caught up more or less, not completely, but almost caught up with where she is in the books on the show. Uh, you got to talking with Sophie Turner, uh, during your IMAX screening. Tell me about it. I did. So I really just wanted to talk to David and Dan and they gave the line that they were there as civilians and didn't want to talk to any press. So that was a huge bummer. But were you, Sophie were, was there. Are you so fearless that you would just go right up to David and Dan if you saw them and were like, hey, quick interview? So, well, I know the publicists at HBO, you know, they're pretty good about hooking me up. And everyone was there, like the whole crew was there. But funny story at least funny to me we get there it's me and my boyfriend and we're like the show is starting as we're there with our food and bustling in and so we're we're in the middle of a row and we're pushing back by people and i'm like excuse me excuse me and i look down and i'm pushing past david and dan Ah. (laughs) and i'm like oh hi and they were like what who are you i was like well i've talked to you before and afterward they came up and apologized to my boyfriend was like oh sorry we totally know you guys so we're apparently on that level oh wow look at you i know yeah we geeked about about that such a popular gal terry schwartz so popular but still they won't they hate doing interviews and i think they hate the fact that i hate they think they hate talking to book fans because they aren't just talking about the show which is what david and dan want to be focusing on they're talking about oh you left out this character and you did this differently and still why is there no lady stoneheart so are you Um, saying that they know you but they hate you hopefully hopefully that is what we're taking away from this but anyway yeah i so i was like you know are they interested in talking and they said no they're there as civilians okay whatever so i got to talk to sophie for i think like a minute and a half because they're at the point right now in promotion where they aren't going to give much away but she did give away beyond just saying like sansa her quote is uh Obviously, things aren't turning that great because it's Game of Thrones, but Sansa has this whole new mentality to her, and she's shed this innocent, vulnerable skin. She goes through a lot of hardships this season, but she approaches it very differently, and it's interesting to watch. And she says that she hopes that people start to rally behind this new Sansa this season. But the most interesting thing that she says uh, is that with Sansa's story, quote, paths cross and there's a lot of mingling. Yes, that's what I was interested in when I Yeah, and so now Hmm. it's time to start speculating on whose paths will cross. And I think the the first thing people jump to is saying, oh, well, maybe Brienne and Pod show up at the Aerie, which would make sense. They're on the path there anyway. Gotta give Brienne something to do anyway. Exactly. What the hell is going on there? That's exactly what I said. But the other, I think, more interesting theory and would be a little bit more surprising is what if um, what if Sansa, Dark Sansa, is who gets married to Ramsay? Oh, interesting. That's an interesting possibility. But that's that's so risky because she's a Stark. Wouldn't that would, would she be going there as a Stark? I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's my theory. I think it's interesting. It would make sense with Littlefinger to start reclaiming stuff and using her as a pawn. But I I don't think that he would necessarily send her into a viper's nest. That said, there's a lot of emphasis on the Boltons and what, to what end is that emphasis there? Yeah, that could be interesting. Um, Depending on how they play that, I, I could be interested in that. And I feel like that would be, that'd be a fun setting for Sansa to be back in the north but i it would just be kind of tricky in terms of how they would do that because i'd have to imagine that the boltons would just like flay her immediately why would they if they they would know that she's sansa stark the boltons recognize her Uh, would they know though yeah they're northerners you know they would know sansa stark 
But they probably they haven't seen her in years at this point. Everyone thinks she's dead. I guess it's possible. Or well, they know that she ran well, away. They don't know what happened to her. Yeah, and, uh, I think and, it, and since she's you know considered a fugitive from from King's Landing, if the Boltons got their hands on her and they knew it was Sansa Stark, that would not be good. Right. So I feel like it feels like a little bit of a reach to me. It would be cool, but I they'd have to really figure out how to do it. My theory, ever since last scene, season, is that they would be using that woman Miranda who's Ramsey's little lady friend and have her be fake Arya uh-huh. um, since they have her there and they've kept her alive and obviously she and Ramsey have a thing um, but yeah I mean I, I'm very she wouldn't say any more than that she just kept saying well paths cross um, she's just, but I'm she's just me, effing with so, us she is and I'm kicking myself because I totally forgot to be like Dude, it's awesome. You're Jean Grey. Oh, yeah. So I don't know how many of you people know about this, but so the new X-Men movie that's going to come out next year in May of next year, X-Men Apocalypse, uh, continuation of uh, the X-Men movies that uh, are, you know, X-Men First Class and X-Men Days of Future Past. They're going to uh, future past. They're going to consi- they're going to continue the um, the story of the younger X-Men. So like the James McAvoy, Charles Xavier and the Michael Fassbender, Magneto. Uh, and they're recasting Cyclops, Storm, and Jean Grey. And Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa Stark, is Jean Grey. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I was actually, I was going through all the actors on Game of Thrones. And this, and in, in seeing what they're doing in terms of movies. And this has been such a launching point for pretty much all of them. Even Gwendolyn Christie, who we know is amazing, who plays Brienne. Her biggest role was like a one line character in the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. And now she's in Star Wars and she's in Mockingjay and, and we're seeing this happen with Sophie as well. So I'm really excited for them. Well, and I wish I had said that to her in person. Well, I, I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but it feels like a natural thing to bring up just as a tangent to Game of Thrones a little bit. But uh, Super Bowl was the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, commercials for all sorts of things and uh, you know movies movie trailers lots of movie trailers Terminator the new Terminator trailer Amelia Clark Daenerys is going to be the new Sarah Connor Terry True or False the new Terminator movie looks like dog shit oh my god I think it's going to be so fun <laughs> it looks terrible though right it looks horrible right it'll probably be terrible but maybe it'll be good Matt Smith, I'm convinced if anyone has seen this new Super Bowl spot or the, yeah, the new trailer for it, I'm putting money that Matt Smith, a.k.a. the last incarnation of Doctor Who, is that T whatever silver T-1000? Is it a T-1000? Get the terminology right. Well, I wasn't sure if it's... The the liquid metal Terminators? Yeah, but I wasn't... But I wasn't sure. Maybe it's a new model. Maybe Maybe it's not a T-1000. Maybe it's a T-1001. This is what I'm saying. We don't know. That seems like a minor upgrade. Doesn't seem doesn't seem important enough. Anyway, that's enough to talk about Stupid Terminator. I don't want to get too deep into Stupid Terminator. It's going to be dumb. It's going to be dumb. Call it now. It's going to be dumb, but it's going to be a paycheck for Amelia Clark, just like Pompeii was a paycheck for Kit Harrington. And we got to see those actual washboard abs, which I'm not complaining about. Never. And I don't think anyone should be. Never complain about the abs, nor the butts. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, let's talk about, uh, speaking of Kit Harrington, let's talk about the IMAX experience just in general. What did you think of seeing Game of Thrones in IMAX? The theater that I saw it in wasn't like a great, true IMAX screening uh so i don't feel like i got the proper experience it was still cool to see game of thrones on a big screen um what did you take away you you probably had a better imax experience than i did yeah for anyone who knows la there's a big imax in city walk uh universal studio city walk and that's where they had it and it was really cool like you pick up on a lot of things that you don't you don't notice just watching it normally because those faces are so big in front of you. And that's what uh, David and Dan had said as as well. They had put out this little um, featurette on the IMAX and they said, you know, they've watched these episodes hundreds of times at this point. There are still things they missed. I actually had never noticed that uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright, who plays Bran, has a little little mustache situation going on. Yeah, if you go back and you look at those close-up shots of him um, meeting Blood Raven or the Three-Eyed Raven or whatever we want to call him, um, he just has like a little sprinkling right above his lip. (laughs) I was like, this is why they need to keep you out of next season because you are an adult now. Yeah, he wasn't in the trailer. Are we taking it to be... Oh, it's... Yeah. He's not in. He's not in. No Bran in season five. No Bran, no Hodor, no Rick and no Osha. 
Well, I don't care about Rick and Enosha. I'm pretty pissed off that there's going to be no Hodor in season five of Game of Thrones. I, I think I'm in a minority, but I really like Bran's storyline. It's probably one of my favorites because it's so traditional fantasy. And I'm really intrigued to see where it goes. Uh, a lot of people have been saying, you know, will we see any White Walker stuff? I bet we see at least a scene that's a tease to whatever is going on with the White Walkers. They already gave us that thing last season. They can't let it go for they an can't. entire season. No chance. addressing it again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Me- that's that's sad. No brand. Anyway, I talked about no brand. But. All right. So you saw Brand's mustache. What else did you see in IMAX? I mean, just the scenes, the the huge sequence at the wall. God, what a perfect episode to show up there because I think that's a much better huge battle scene episode than the battle at Blackwater, which when I saw it left me a bit underwhelmed. I actually don't know if I've revisited it since then. Um, but yeah, the the battle at the wall with the the mammoths and the giants and the scythe. It just looked incredible. And I think that is the better episode of the two to watch on the bigger screen because you get so much more of that scale uh, to take away from it. But yeah, honestly, really the thing that I noticed the most was Isaac's mustache. It's hard to not, once you see <laughs> once that. Once you see it, you can't, like nothing else. I can't, I couldn't tell you any other plot points from that episode other than his mustache. What was the crowd reaction like? My crowd was kind of quiet. I mean, there were a few chuckles here and there and a couple of hoots and hollering, but for the most part, I think it was just a lot of people who were just waiting to see that trailer. Yeah, I, it was the same. And it's weird because David, Dan, and Sophie did an introduction at the beginning. So everyone knew they were there. Um, but there wasn't really any cheering. There was a lot of quiet and then a, like some inappropriate laughing. <laughs> like when Tyrion kills Shay and people started laughing. Oh, oh people are terrible. Like, but it's one of those, I don't think it's like bad hearted laughter. I think it's more, oh, awkward. Like, how do we respond to this heartbreaking thing or, or just like laughing because you don't know how else to respond. Nervous laughter. Yeah, but I was, I was curious, you know, how did David and Dan feel watching this in a room with hundreds of people and having laughter at the wrong places? Yeah, that's uncomfortable. Oh, you know what it was? People laugh when um, Oliver nods to John after killing Egret. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's funny, but it happened in mine too. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. And I got to admit, I'm a, I'm a jerk, but I, I cracked up when, um, when like the camera cuts back to just the skeleton, just like stabbing Jojen over and oh, over and yeah. over again. I have one friend who that is, he will never forgive Game of Thrones for that. And I like the weird skeletons that the children of the forest throw fireballs at, but yeah. Is it forgiving Game of Thrones for the skeletons or for killing Jojen? Uh, the skeletons. I don't think he cares about Jojen. Oh, Jojen slighted again. Oh, Jojen paste. That's sad. I like the skeletons. I yeah, I'm okay with the skeletons, but he just he thought that they scene, looked that scene looked cool on the big screen. It did, yeah. And those big CGI scenes looked really great. Um, and so yeah, just going into what I said earlier with the the harpy on top of the pyramid and marine coming down was another thing that just looked awesome. I awesome, you, awesome. You know, I I think just to go back to that for a second, just to, cause we're hopping around all over the place. Why not? Yeah, why not? Um, we've talked about this on, on the game of Thrones book club podcast about how if done properly, Meereen, which is not a popular storyline in the books could potentially be really freaking awesome on the show. Uh, and I think that for my money, the Daenerys stuff was the coolest part of the trailer. Uh, everything with the harpy getting taken down and like seeing the, the son of the harpy, all, all like those people like running around the streets and with the masks and everything. I really do feel like that storyline might be the blockbuster storyline of season five. I agree with you. And I don't know if you um, picked up the, the scene where Danny and Missende are like in the middle of the slave pit and there are a bunch of people standing around them like with weapons. Did you notice that? Uh, yes, I did. And, and I, I mean, I assume that that's going to be like the big Drogon scene where Okay, I said the same too, but there's nothing really that happens like that in or specifically like that in the books, well, right? They're changing shit. You know, thing, th- yeah. things are a little bit different. They need to make it a little more glamorous. So I, I could see I could see them just changing the way that that plays out. I mean, you don't have strong Belwas around to eat the poison cockroaches or whatever. Yeah. 
So you, you got to yeah. do something a little different. Who's so, going to replace Strong Belwaz there? No Maybe. one. No one can replace Strong Belwaz. That's the greatest slight that Game of Thrones has uh, thrown my way. <laughs> Lack of Strong Belwaz. If the Missande romance thing was with Strong Belwaz, I would be uh, A++. plus plus. give it A++. Okay plus. It. And also, okay, would, I, needed would to go, again. I needed to go look it up because I didn't know it off the top of my head. But my first reaction was that those are the Sons of the Harpy in the masks as well. But it's not. I think it's the Brazen Beasts, the um, people that Danny has work for her to, like, keep order. Oh, interesting. In Marine. Okay. And I because still, my, I my first thought when I, awesome. yeah. Oh no, I think they look awesome as well. And I also had the fa- wrong first reaction when I saw the harpy come down, I was like, Oh, battle at Marine. But that's just something that Danny does earlier in the book. I really just want to see the battle of Marine this season, but I bet they'll save it until next year. That seems like a season six. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm okay. Yeah. I think as long as it doesn't take as long as it is in the books, as long as they can expedite it a little bit faster because they don't have to have a zillion different, perspective characters explaining what's going on uh i mean i think we'll get i think we'll get like early beginnings of that of of the battle by the end of season five but i think that the meat of it will be saved for season six yeah and i mean Tyrion will be left there if danny gets flown away so they'll be in a very similar situation to the to where they are in dance uh except Tyrion, i'm assuming won't be outside miserable yeah miserable as everyone dies of like whatever version of dysentery they have. Speaking of miserable, I'm so sad that there was no Sam in the season five trailer. Well, maybe that's a tease at at what's to come. We still don't know if he's going to go to old town or not, but maybe that's what they didn't want to show. They just didn't want to show him on a boat banging Gilly. Just banging Gilly. He'll never leave her again. Is that all of season five? And what are they going to do about the baby? I don't know. I don't want them to do anything bad to the baby. They probably will. Probably. Wah, wah. Well, no, they've, they've, they haven't made any kind of big deal about Mance Raider having. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. So like, they're not they going to sacrifice the baby. They, this, listen, this is Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones would never kill a baby. Oh, wait, they killed an entire <laughs> city of babies. And they also turned a baby into a White Walker. So it's totally possible that they will kill this baby. Maybe they'll just kill the baby and have nothing in exchange. No, I don't want that to be the case. All right. Maybe Sam. All right, Terry, we've got uh, 10 minutes left here. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, let's talk the Telltale game. Uh, have you played the Telltale Game of Thrones video game at all? Yes. So I played the first chapter and I actually, uh, just last night got the second chapter, like a little preview of it. So I'm about half an hour into it and already there was one huge twist for those of you who have played the first chapter that is really cool. Uh, but yeah, I played it. You played the first chapter as well, right? Yeah. The first episode, you mean? Yeah, episode. Yeah, sorry. so so for people who don't know what this is, it's a it's a video game series from Telltale is is the company. Uh, it's called Game of Thrones, a Telltale game series. Um, it is the way that you play it. Basically, is you get to make choices on behalf of your character. Uh, you get to interact with situations based on kind of however you feel like it within a certain set of parameters. And based on how you're reacting, either you are choosing to kill people, you're choosing to show mercy. Sometimes you'll lop off somebody's hand instead of outright killing them or outright pardoning them. Uh, so you can basically be super nice or you can be a real jerk uh, or somewhere in between. And you also get to control uh, multiple characters, different characters. You're not just playing as one character, uh, which is different from how Telltale uh, works with their Walking Dead game, uh, which is another great game that everybody should go seek out. I'm not a hardcore video gamer by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I really like my video games as simple as humanly possible, and I think that the Telltale games are great. So if you're a Game of Thrones fan and you're itching for something new to give a shot to, I really recommend the the Telltale game. Uh, it's set. It's not set in the world of the books. It's set in the world of the show. Um, but it's it's a cool story that kind of mirrors the Stark story uh, in that it focuses on a family uh, called what are they called? They they live in Iron Rat, the Foresters. Yeah, the Foresters. House Forester. Um, and the first. I'm going to spoil a little bit of the first episode. Just the first uh, segment of the first episode is you're playing the squire to House Forester to the guy who's basically Ned Stark um, and you are interacting in a situation that turns out to be right outside of the twins 
on the night of the Red Wedding. Uh, so you are hanging out with the Northern Army as the as the wedding, uh, as Edmure Tully's wedding is happening inside the twins and all hell has not quite broken loose. But, you know, the other shoe is about to drop. So it's a really intense way to start the game. Once I started playing and that was the very first thing I saw, I was kind of like, oh, holy shit, this is this is sort of really cool. Yeah, I feel the same way. First of all, I have to, I play like a decent amount of video games. I've recently been very like into Dragon Age Inquisition. I've put way too much, many hours into it, but I am atrocious at this game. I don't know if my reflex uh, or not. Like, I just am never fast enough to make the right decision before the what time you, what runs out. What are you out. playing on? Xbox. Okay. I'm but playing I on just a computer. Like, I just, you know, I don't swipe fast enough. And I, I, when I was playing today, the opening sequence is similarly action packed to what the opening uh, sequence of the first episode was. And I got stabbed through the heart twice. That's <laughs> It was really pathetic. I was like, Hey, look, I'm doing so well. Oh, I just got stabbed through the heart. Okay. No, that's okay. I think I got stabbed through the heart a bunch of times. The good news is though, when you die, you it's know, very forgiving. It's very forgiving. They basically just let you start, you know, five beats before you your death uh so you really get a good shot at just redeeming yourself which lord knows terry schwartz will need to do many many times <laughs> many times the irredeemable terry schwartz the irredeemable I, that should be my new title yeah. um yeah so i actually haven't played the walking dead when i played part of the first chapter and then just never uh got back and finished it i will do it one day i promise uh so so this was really my first telltale experience and i thought that the way that it opened with the red wedding stuff was awesome i really enjoyed the twist at the end of the first episode yeah which we won't spoil right now yeah i just i found it to be very much in keeping with the spirit of game of thrones which i liked but i was sort of like bored by the middle of it does that make me a bad person no i don't think so the the king's landing stuff yeah, the King's Landing stuff, you like you meet some characters from the show and it's sort of like a political test for you yeah, to be giving the right answers. Yeah, what, I, did, I what's played interesting it through twice. Is like, that's the kind of thing that's usually really great on the show is when they get really political and it's a lot of that wheeling and dealing in King's Landing. Um, and I think that in the video game, uh, you know, the, the action stuff on the show is not what excites a lot of people who are fans of Game of Thrones, the show, at least not as much, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's the reverse experience when you're playing the game. I think you really want to be in the heat of some danger. And while King's Landing, obviously, you're, you're playing as um, one of the daughters in, in House Forrester, who is a handmaiden of Marjorie Terrell, and she is trying to wheel and deal on behalf of her family. She's trying to make some good moves for her family back in the north because uh, it's obviously a very tense situation if you're a northerner in King's Landing. Uh, and, you know, it's it's interesting stuff, but it's not as fun to play as it is to play, you know, everything that's going on in the north. That, that stuff was really what re- really appealed to me. Um, although I did enjoy trying to match wits with Cersei Lannister. Uh, I did too. I went back and went for that every time. But yeah, both times I went back and, and redid it uh, twice. Cause the first time I betrayed Marjorie and that was a mistake and I didn't want that carrying over into the future. Yeah. Um, I will say the two. So thus far I'm about a half an hour in, I, I would say each episode is about two hours long to approximately if you play it through. Um, so yeah, I'm about a half an hour in and I've already, played as two different characters and the first one who i don't think it's a spoiler to give away you play as asher forrester the bastard son of lord gregor forrester who is talked about a decent deal in the first half of the game that's in the first part of the game so it's a new character from the um from the first episode and i died twice Uh in his like 20 minute segment all right So. so within the first half hour it's already getting pretty dangerous yeah, yeah. And and there's some interesting stuff being brought up that I like Googled because I didn't remember ever hearing about it and it's not stuff that's been addressed in the books before. So it's pretty interesting. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I think that it's just going to pick up from here on out. Okay. Well, that's all we can talk about with the game because we're running out of time here with Terry. Terry? The saddest. I'm the worst. I'm sorry to fail you all. Irredeemable. Irredeemable. No, this is like, what, 45, 50 minutes of solid Game of Thrones conversation. Uh, I think I'd give it a thumbs up. 
And I feel like my entire life is just prepping me for book clubs because I've like really been honing my arguments up until this point because we've been talking about Game of Thrones for the past three days straight. For way too long. For way too long. Um, the good news is even though this is short and even though we are coming out with our first new book club, I think about two months after we promised we would have a new book club. Again, sorry. Really, really sorry about that. Um, <laughs> is the good news is we are very close to the return of Game of Thrones. Uh, coming back April 12th. That's exciting. That's close by. And once those episodes kick off, we'll be weekly. Yeah. So that would be good. Uh, I can't, we must be really close to getting screeners and stuff. Oh man. Don't, right? don't dangle that in front of people. That's not fair. Well, not cool. you, what you, that and means, frankly, you're close to getting screeners. I'm not going to get to What that you. means is that we'll have more teases for people. I'm just so excited that we're, we're this close to getting back. And I'm a little bit apprehensive about this season. I'm not going to lie. It's weird not knowing what's coming and that knowing, knowing that what's coming is going to be very different. And I'm apprehensive about people getting really upset about the changes and having that be their gut reaction. And, boycotting the show which a lot of people have already started doing uh but i just hope it not it a may- significant amount of people uh, people like in my personal you're not, life you're not going to see a huge huge dip in viewership for oh totally totally viewers. but uh but you know in terms of the book club audience i know that we're all in, in this weird place where we want it to be the same as the books but we also want it to be really great so i i hope it is really great I think it will be. It's Game of Thrones. It's going to be pretty good. And I want, I want them to surprise us with characters that they leave in when we think they're taking them out. I think we'll, I think we'll have some pleasant surprises. I'm not too worried about it. Fingers crossed. Fingers and maybe crossed. Winds of Winter will come out before the next book club. I don't think that will happen. <laughs> just let's a, just, just, let's just start ending every single book club by saying that to keep that good juju in the air. Like maybe in the next month, Winds of Winter will come out. Maybe. <laughs> probably not probably not um so as for when our next book club will be i think maybe we've learned the lesson and we're not going to give you a time frame we're going to be like george r. r martin and we're just going to surprise you with a game of thrones book club but i would say probably not until march because february is out for terry schwartz who is going to tokyo i'm going to tokyo for the first time just for vacation i'm so excited japan <gasps> i should go and see if they have weird game of thrones swag there i'm sure they I, do and i bet they have weird stuff and your homework assignment is to find the weirdest of game of thrones swag and report back to us here on the book club and also i think that we just had uh we've just discovered our hashtag for the episode hashtag game of thrones swag s-h-w-a-g <laughs> Uh, let us know if you enjoyed this week's book club. I don't know if I could even say this week's. This like months, this other every hope, other month's book club. I hope the payoff was worth it. It probably wasn't. I don't think so. I feel I just love talking with you all on Twitter. So I feel like we all stay in each other's lives, even when Josh and I are not delivering because we're crazy busy. All right. Hit up Terry on Twitter. Keep making her life awesome at Terry underscore Schwartz. I'm at Round Howard, like Ron Howard, but rounder. We will be back with another Game of Thrones book club. Probably not as soon as you'd like, but soon enough. Uh, Until then, everybody take care. Goodbye. Bye.